True Bible Missions for Jesus Church, located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is Elaine Allen. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise, praise the Lord. Lord. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time again. And we will continue our discussions of current events and scripture. Praise the Lord. So this week, I want to touch on a couple of current events. And then I want to talk about our topic of prayer. And I guess this first current event kind of touches on prayer. It's about, it's from the Christian Post, and it says how Franklin Graham says that Trump's enemies will hurt America, and that could spark a civil war if he were impeached. So recently, he wanted to um, initiate a special day of prayer, a time when Christians worldwide would ask God to protect President Trump and his political, as his political enemies seek impeachment. So, I, I think everybody knows who Franklin Graham is, the 66-year-old son of the late evangelist Billy Graham. 
And anyway, he made an announcement recently, and since he made the announcement, while there are some people and some leaders, some Christian leaders that agree with him, there are some fellow Christian leaders that took offense to what he said. And he faced some backlash, and these Christian leaders argued that Graham's call to prayer for the president is nothing more than an attempt to politicize prayer and engender support for Trump by whipping up prayer. And you know that's crazy. I, I can't see how. I, I can't even Christian say how leader. they even say that. Whipping up prayer. How can you whip up some prayer? And how can you politicize prayer? We're not baking prayer. a cake here. Yeah, you're, you're praying, uh, making your supplications unto the Lord. So, uh, Which Christian, Christian leaders? Leader, I'd like to know which Christian leaders said that, first of all, because right. I want to know how Christian are they. And do they know the Word? Do they know the Bible? And do they know that the Word says that you have to pray for your leaders? Right, and you pray for, for all men. I mean, that's in First Timothy, the second chapter. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So when you pray, it brings about peace. I'm telling you, and that's what I'd like in this world. So the Christian Post uh, contacted uh, Franklin Graham and. In, in, by phone and interviewed him and he was saying I'm not asking people to endorse him that's not the point of this prayer this is not an election year so I don't see how it could be political well even if it was an election year still he's the president just because it's an election he's year. the president people have voted for him he's in office he's carrying out the duties of the presidency he needs our prayers and I agree I agree so the special day of prayer has been supported by over 300 Christian leaders, and all he was doing was calling on pastors and laypersons across the nation to lead their congregations in prayer for the president during the Sunday services, Sunday school, and other gatherings. And he said that he was inspired by a feeling in his heart to announce the day of prayer, and that feeling grew into action after he spoke about it with another pastor who thought it was a great idea. And... Also, considering that the call to prayer came on the same week in which the special counsel Robert Mueller publicly spoke about the investigation into the Russian collusion during the 2016 election and possible obstruction of justice by the president. He says all the events in Washington did actually play a role, but um, he said, I think what's going on in Washington has something to do with my call to prayer. It bothered me. It has been a burden on my heart. And and you know what? That's what, what we do when we pray. When you have a burden on your heart and when you ha feel this pulling, when something bothers you, uh, I think there's a scripture, I don't know if it's in the same book as Timothy, but it says, uh, come all who are heavy, burdened, and laden, come and I will give you rest. Come and pray. He wants people to come to him. So anyway, Franklin Graham said that it bothered me and it has been a burden on my heart because this president is being attacked. Well, this is his opinion. Well, they all have been attacked. Well, he says more than any other president in yeah. modern history, attacked by the press, more than Abraham Lincoln. But you know, that's just like when we listen to the weather. When I was a child, we didn't have all the social media and apps on our iPhones and 
And what else do they have? Uh, solar uh, uh, Dopplers and right. and all that stuff. So you know they know more. They I, can I, I, communicate I, more. Yeah, and I think that his statement is too broad because a lot of things. This is what the Lord tells us about a person who can't control their own tongue. So some things. You know, you bring on yourself because you open up your mouth, like the Bible says, and you just remove all doubt as to whether or not you have common sense or not. But I'm thinking regardless of that, regardless of the fact that he doesn't use discretion because he is the president. I mean, I, I didn't care for Obama either. But regardless, because of the position that they hold, we pray for them. I mean, not just them. Everybody who has a tendency to influence our life. That's why he says, pray for all men. Yeah, you pray for Democrats, you pray for Republicans, local leaders, people in school boards, district attorney, right. everybody He's that makes right. a makes a, a decision that affects people's lives. Because if you don't pray, they just up to they just pass what they think is right and as what's their standard. Right. And you and we're at their mercy then. Right. And they really need prayer. I mean, yes. I I remember being in the union. Uh, union steward and and actually I was a little bit involved in politics and I love the fundraisers going for the politicians and I you know get signatures for politicians but now I don't think I'd ever do that because the issues before the government are so contrary to God's, God's word. word right I don't think I could do it anymore you know, and politicians are so contrary to God's word right. now that I there would be no fun in it. There would be no honor. Nothing. I mean, and, it would be terrible. And the thing about it is that they say vote, but you better pray. Yeah, whether whether you vote or never vote, be sure to pray. Yeah, because Thessalonians, First Thessalonians five and seventeen say you pray without ceasing. You never stop praying. Right. We got a list. So anyway, um, Graham was saying that we've got huge problems in front of us. Some of those issues facing the United States, according to Graham, include trade problems with Canada, Mexico, China, the situation with Iran, the strife in Venezuela, and the talks with North Korea. There's so much that needs to be done. And the president, you know, and so regardless, needs prayer. Right. So, so you want him to make if a, he, right. If he started half of this, the the point is we still have to pray for him. You know, you want him to make good decisions, because if you have good decisions, the the it trickles down toward us, and we have peace. If he makes bad decisions, it trickles down down toward us, and and we're vexed. And, right. You know, so. Um, Graham was saying that it's not an endorsement of the president. It's just to, it's a just, it's just a call on God to give him wisdom. Yes. You know, just give him wisdom. Bless him to do the right thing. And to say the right thing. Oh, yeah, well, that too. Throw that in too, because he mind. needs it. He just talks from the top of his head. He's a very crude person. So he said, Lord, undertake. Yeah, but, and um, I was thinking too that you had to remember that Trump had Trump has a soul just like everybody else, he, right? And that you know you, the tip of about praying is um, that you don't pray on the person, but you pray for the person. Right. And when you pray for the person, it makes a big difference. Yes, and, and 
you won't feel the same about somebody. Say, if you really are irritated with someone, as I've had my moments, but once you pray for the person, you see them in a different light once you actually pray for them and you start to intercede on their behalf. So Graham stress that the country is in turmoil. It's become a mess that only God can fix. And every time a person yields their life to Christ, that heart is changed. And America needs a heart transplant. America needs a new heart. We have become vicious. Yes. You know, we've Almost become godless. an angry uh, nation. we become bitter. And, and, you know, you see it in how everybody treats everybody else. You know, so the only hope that this country has is prayer and the Lord. And we do need to pray for our president. I don't know what kind of Christian leaders opposed it or, or what kind. Prayer all things. <laughs> prayer and, and prayer is what's really holding the nation together right now because if nobody was praying, if the remnant wasn't praying, we would have been gone a long time ago. Yes. You know, too bad I don't know who those Christian leaders were that gave them some right. backlash. so-called Christians. <laughs> I want to know if they really, how, mm -hmm, so-called. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I want to talk about um, something else that I, I, it was sent to me, and it says that Washington became the first state to legalize composting of human beings. Mm. Governor Jay Inslee signed a bill recently legalizing human composting. The bill will go into effect in May of next year. And currently in Washington, as it is everywhere else, that bodies can either be buried or cremated but the process of recomposition is now providing a third option and that speeds up the process of turning dead bodies into soil known as human composting i know everybody knows what composting is you know you take all your scraps from your vegetables and your fruits and peelings and and straw and 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 maybe some hay and stuff and you put it in there and kind of water it down and and stuff and then over time it becomes soil but to speed it up there's this th stuff that you can buy and uh, you sprinkle it on and then it speeds it up to make soil quicker so I'm guessing so I imagine you could create soil I mean you can also create soil just by putting the person in the ground so I don't understand why the need to compost well the bill sponsor state senator Jamie Peterson said it's an environmentally friendly way of disposing human re remains it's about time we apply some technology allow some technology to be applied to this universal human experience because we think that People should have the freedom to determine for themselves how they'd like their body to be disposed of. So, Katrina Spade, she's the CEO of the human composting company, Recompose. And she explained the process of turning a dead body into soil and by saying that the body is covered in natural materials like straw or wood chips, just like your vegetable peelings. <laughs> Yes. And over the course of about, now this is, this is to me, incredibly fast. In a course of about three to seven weeks, thanks to micro, microbial activity, it breaks down into soil. 
She said that Luke's Perry, Luke Perry, who is an actor who died recently, his daughter says that he was buried in a mushroom suit. And while the body is being broken down, she said families of the deceased can visit the facility and will ultimately receive the soil that remains. It's up to the family now to determine how they want to use that soil. And the process was the focus of a study at Washington State University in which six people donated the bodies for research. We proved recomposition was safe and effective for humans as well. Well, you think? I mean, the Lord, you know, he designed us, you know, to go back to dust. So, I mean, you didn't have to go uh, through the process of actually just sitting inside a specific area for composting, you could have put the person into the ground. They in would a cemetery or a designated mm-hmm. burial plot. Right. Because family the, plot. Or, yes. Anyway, the average burial can cost between eight and $25,000. Cremation can top $6,000. And Spade told the affiliate, at CNN affiliate, um, that she hopes to charge, and I don't think this is that cheap, up for about $5,500 for human composting. Just put, you, just, just put me in the ground. Then it would cost me about and a then, thousand bucks. Well, she, he, <laughs> human composting supporter Leslie Christian told the affiliate that it's an attractive option from an environmentally environmental perspective. She said a lot of people approve of the process, including her brother, who told her he wants, now get this, his soil to be used to plant tomatoes. Oh, my gosh. And they'll probably be pretty and, and red, but no way would I eat one. That's just ridiculous. A mixed blend of somebody's ashes and bones with tomatoes. Oh, right. no. Right. You know, I just, I think anybody who wants to eat it, something is wrong. To want oh, to that's just like cannibalism. I so. could, I could, <laughs> my body would make some nice tomatoes. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't understand. You know, I, I guess I don't understand because, you know, even when you cremate someone, the bones aren't always burned to, to right. ashes. You have to break them up. You had to, you know, grind them. And I know this because someone I worked with had her mother cremated and then she went to pick up the ashes and then found that the ashes just weren't ashes. They were pieces of bones in there, too. Right. And she was so surprised. You know? Right. And someone mentioned, you know, what, what would happen, you know, because you don't know what people are growing things in and what if it happens to be. I said, but there's a difference between knowing and not knowing because even in, in the Bible, in Luke, it says, you know, if you, if you know of something that's worthy of stripes and you do it anyway, you get beaten with many stripes. So it does it doesn't it doesn't make practical sense since the Lord has always separated the dead from the living, the clean from the unclean. And I think a lot of things that we do, you could bring harm to yourself, whether in ignorance or whether you do it knowingly. I think somewhere in the Bible it says that the Lord told people that they should bury their uh, feces. Right. And but you know, he did not say plant tomatoes or a garden right. after that no. <laughs> on top of it. Oh, I don't think there's some people who probably would. We probably think that's natural fertilizer. But I think I wouldn't there are it. some cultures that do that. <laughs> yes, but I, I, I wouldn't eat it because God has always, and, and when they always end up violating these restrictions that the Lord has placed upon us, 
something catastrophic happens, like uh, like the cholera, like the bubonic plague. It's just, you know, it's just not clean. Because you're, you're talking about a body that's rotting, that's decomposing. Yeah, and, and see, it's, I don't understand how that can, how that, how they can eliminate all those little flies that are associated with the decomposing posing body. Right. And you have the maggots and all yeah. that. Well, not just maggots, but I know that I know that in uh, mausoleums and stuff like that, and I only know this from listening to some some document documentary, and this man was saying that he had his mother put in, in you know, buried in the wall, sealed mm. and everything, and then, and I can't remember where it was, but it sure made an impression on me because I remember this so clearly. And he said every time he went there, you know how people put flowers on the wall. There were all these little flies and bugs that he didn't, he, you know, that he normally didn't see outside. And, you know, he complained to the, the uh, whoever took care of the, the grounds. And... The, and then he said it started getting worse and worse, and they were just, he was swatting himself, you know? And, and there is such a thing as, like, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, funeral flies, you know, because there's just no way uh, it's impossible to keep that from happening because right. that's just life. Right, and, and so you, you're talking about something that's basically rotting, whether they're doing it through uh, composting uh, to try to speed it up, or whether you're just as a natural uh, decaying because you buried the person. But who would want to partake of the of any of the food? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Who would want to eat something know. that has, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it just doesn't, we're talking human remains. And unless you just so far removed from from the Lord right, and so far removed from his word, that's the only way I could see where a person could do something like that. Well, I think I, I actually I think I read up on Katrina Spade and actually she didn't believe in God. Okay. And n- n- neither does her family nor the friends that she hangs out with, and I think that's what prompted her to come up with an alternative for burial, you know, because there's no... So evidently, Mary didn't either. (laughs) Nothing spiritual inside of her, you know. Right, and so that's why, among other reasons, but I believe it's one of the reasons why the Lord tells us to bless our food before we eat it, because we don't know. Just think about the people who take ashes and after a person been cremated and they spread them over the lake or whatever, you know, they just do some of any and everything. You don't know. Funeral homes who are depositing their waste into our drinking water. You know, so we bless our food before we eat it. But to knowingly eat something that's been defiled, to me, doesn't make Is any sense. sense. I, if I, if I, My conscience would condemn me. Now, there's just no way, you know, I could eat grandma. <laughs> Mixed with some tomato, <laughs> fried green tomato. Oh, good grief! Anyway, moving on. I want to talk about prayer, and I want to start this article. And I don't know; it's going to start a discussion on prayer because there's another article that I want to talk about that that talks about uh, what do you, what do you do when you don't feel like praying? And and it caught my eye because I'm thinking I don't know if there's ever a time that you don't feel like. 
praying. There's something wrong with you then. But that's my opinion. Anyway, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who is a controversial Democratic Congresswoman, um, she's come under fire recently for declaring that all prayers, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, they all reach the same higher power. She was speaking at Capitol Hill recently at an event to mark the Islamic fasting season of Ramadan, um, and she's a self-defined democratic socialist, and she insisted that as a Catholic, her prayers go to the same place as her Muslim and Jewish colleagues. And she says, when Ilhan prays, when I pray, when Rashida prays, when I'll, I, I Ayana prays when Jan Shakovsky prays. I believe those prayers all go to the same place, up, she said. And um, I got to thinking, how can that be? How can somebody think that way if they don't believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross right. and shed his blood and rose from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit? Right, because you first have to now, believe that God is. And so who you determine is your God makes a difference. Now, I, I believe that when a Jewish person prays... Right, because uh, we are grafted into them. You know, So we're talking about the righteous, not just the Jews who are circumcised in their flesh. We're talking about those who are circumcised in their heart as well. So the, the, the elect... Those who are part of the election. So when we pray, we're praying because we know who God is. And we know who God is because they were given, unto them was given the oracles. But if you're praying to Allah, you're not praying to the same God. Or else you would be Christian. You would be uh, Judea. You would be Judeo. You, you would have that connection. You know, to, to them, we are infidels. Yeah, and... They don't regard our God that we serve as God. Right. So, uh, and then some people might say, well, well the, some of the Jews don't recognize Jesus. Those are the ones that are circumcised in their flesh. But the ones that are circumcised in their heart as well as their flesh, there is a remnant. There is an election out there. And they are uh, holy and they are the natural olive tree and we are we, we have been as the wild branch grafted in and yes we pray knowing who God is so house majority leader Steny Hoyer um, was in attendance at this event representing the Christian faith he however clearly saw this interfaith gathering as, as an opportunity to mix religion and politics obviously the Bible doesn't tell me to love my neighbor if they're Christian if they're straight Hoyer says presuming Presumably referring to the gay marriage issue, but the Bible tells me to love my neighbor, period. But Hoya has no idea of what she's talking about because your neighbor isn't just the person next to you. isn't the person that lives next door to you. Your neighbor is your brother in the Lord. The, your neighbor is your, your, your fellow laborer in, in, in Christ. That's who your neighbor is. So someone who does not believe in God is not your neighbor, no is not way. your brother. No. They're just, they're just that, right. neighbor down the street. <laughs> right. What they consider a neighbor is, is not the, the 
the Lord's answer as to what a neighbor is. Like someone said, uh, your neighbor is a member of the body of, of Christ. So it's the, it's, your, it's the body that the church is made up of. We make up the body of Christ. That's who your neighbor is. And that's is. why the Lord says two can't walk together unless they be greed. Right. You have to be on one accord. So you can't be on one accord with someone who doesn't believe in God. Right. Or your God. Right. It's or impossible. praise to idols. Right. Or what higher power Buddha. Is, yeah. Or, yes. What higher power do you think is the prayers going up to? There is no higher power than God, other than God. There is none other. So, so if you're not praying to him, I, I, I can't imagine your prayers ascending. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly where they're going. Uh, so Buddha is, I mean, that's like a statue. I, I mean, right. represented by a it, statue. I don't know right. and anything about the Buddha Hindu or Hindu idols. Mm-hmm. You know, like one person told me, at least a million gods. They worship any and everything. So, I mean, you have to know who God is. Well, we'll continue next week with our topic, what to pray when you don't feel like praying and how you should do it. Now, this article uh, tells you six ways to pray when you don't feel like praying. Mm. You know, so it's going to be interesting. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Proverbs 21 and 21. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness and honor. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, how do you stand against the devil, the devious tricks of the devil? And the answer is by putting on the whole armor of God. You can find the answer in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, which reads, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This week's food for thought is, Why should children obey their parents? Hint, the Bible And that's food for thought.